Welcome to this week's edition of The Connection from Yate Parish. Today, we're not in Yate. I'm over in uh, a monastery over in Berkshire because the diocese has sent me on this training course thing. So I'm here with lots of other vicars doing a, a consultation, uh, whatever that's supposed to be. I'll work it out as we go along. Uh, but we've got some interesting vicars to talk to this week. I'm here with Ian, who's in my action learning set. I like that. Ian, tell us where you're from. I'm from Milton Keynes. So originally my parents were from the east end of London. They moved up to Milton Keynes, well Bletchley at the time, in 1966. I was born at 64, they moved up, sorry. I was born in 65, but we spent a lot of time going backwards and forwards to the east end of London as kids. So I'm actually born and bred in Buckinghamshire. All right, but you sound a bit more East End. That's the thing, right there. Well, I, I think I, I, I think that's probably where going backwards and forwards when we were children, and of course my parents are East Enders, and all my family. So when you were growing up, though, was it a uh, a Christian family? Was it that type of thing, or was it? No, my, there's nobody in my family that's a Christian. In my parents, my siblings, we weren't brought up as Christians. No, the only time we ever went to church was with the boys' brigade, and that was to get your badges. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, you had to go to Sunday school to get a badge. Oh, that right. That was the only time we was ever asked to go to church. So when did you uh, start thinking about faith then, and, and when did you start uh, sort of being drawn towards it then? I think if I'm honest, I think I've always had something, I've always been intrigued by, by faith, and not necessarily in the younger years as Christian faith, it was faith, what draws people into it. But I did find that when I was going over to... France or I'd go uh, to a city, I was drawn to the churches and cathedrals. I always loved going around churches and cathedrals. So is it, is it the beauty of the building or is it just something about the place? Or I think initially it was the beauty of the building. I like architecture, so I like to have a look, see what people have done. But as I was growing older, so probably from, I would say, 1920, um, it was more than that. I would go into a church, I'd feel relaxed, I'd feel at peace. Yeah, I just enjoyed being in there. I found it a really nice feeling that I would have and that would be and that's certainly a feeling of peace definitely right so so what was it when you came to faith can you tell us how that happened or what happened okay, yeah I went through um, I had quite a high power job I worked in packaging so um, I was management uh, management packaging working long hours young family I, I married a Christian my wife we met on a blind date at the time she was a practicing Christian but she she says now that she put her faith on hold while we were courting and in our early years of marriage because it wasn't that I didn't support her, it's just that I wouldn't go with her. So I would go for Easter and I'd go with Christmas, mm. but I certainly wouldn't go every Sunday. So she said she put her faith on hold. Um, really stressful time. I was drinking a lot with work. Um, weekends I would go out. We had a really good social life. Um, within our children, I probably hit rock bottom at one point. When we had our son uh, in 94, um, my wife said that, did I mind her taking him to church? And of course I, I didn't mind, and it made me think about why she felt she needed to ask me, was I really the kind of person that stopped her from having her faith? So now I said that it would be lovely for her to take him, and I think to have an informed decision, mm. I wanted him to go to church. He was baptised, and I was very happy for that. Um, I thought I'd been baptised as a child. Um, so I was really happy for him to be baptised. We then had our daughter, 80, 15 months later. She was baptised. They both went to church with my wife, working hard, drinking lots, hit rock bottom. And uh, I used to drink all day Sundays. 
that was my day. And then uh, I drove, I was drunk, drunk driving, I'm not proud of that, but this was the state I was in. And I ended up at a church. I don't even rem remember going into the church. Um, I went the following month. Um, again, I ended up at the church. I don't know why I went there. I didn't know anybody in there. I certainly didn't remember the first time I went. Went the second time, under the influence, but not as bad as I was the, the first time. And the associate minister and his wife was there, and she came up and she said, oh, hello again, how are you? And we just started talking, and he was a really down-to-earth guy. There was no, I didn't feel I was being judged. We had a long chat. They said they were doing an alpha course, starting on the Wednesday, and uh, would I like to come along? And I said, I didn't know anything what Alpha was. They invited me to go along. I accepted. And the reason I accepted was because they said, you get a free course meal and a glass of wine. <laughs> and that's the truth. That is. And I, 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 as I'm saying this, I'm feeling quite, of course, it was the mindset I was in. I had quite a, a really busy job, high-powered job, young family, um, and really wasn't sure where I was going. Um, mm. Marriage was a, you know, a little bit strange going on there, obviously, with my drinking plus the work life, two young children. Um, so I went on the Alpha course. But I actually done the Alpha course five times because the five times, I three times I sat there and just listened. And the first time I listened all the way through, I didn't say anything. The second time I went, I had a couple of questions. The third time I felt com comfortable and confident enough to be able to ask the silly questions that I perceive as the silly questions. The, the following two, I actually helped on Alpha, um, but it gave me an opportunity to listen to other people just to make sure that what I was hearing was right. Right. And so it was reassuring myself that this is something that I was interested in, but I wanted to make sure that I was interested in it. So that was like a, a local church in Milton Keynes sort yeah. of thing? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The parish church. Post Church in Milton Keynes. Which is a charismatic evangelical. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. So after that, then after you've done Alpha all these different times, then? So I've, on the fifth Alpha course, um, yep, I, I completed the course, felt really, really chuffed, and my wife was absolutely over the moon. I have to say, it probably saved our marriage. Um, my life changed, I met people through the Alpha course. And that was the same as me, non-Christian, around my age. And then we started going to church because we would meet with them. My wife was then embraced, you know, felt very much part of this church because there was new people there. And because she has a, an established faith, she could also meet with people and discuss where she was and what she had been through and felt confident in where she was going. The church, is, the church isn't just about our faith, it's about a community of people. And it's that you, you soon find people that you can trust and people that you can resonate with. Um, so for her and for me, having those that come out of the Alpha mm. um, become friends, our church friends. She also made her own friends in church, which were mature Christians, but was also part of this new group that were coming in from the Alpha course. So it's to do with, like in our church, we have a couple of uh, post-Alpha groups, you know, so they're... They people who've done the Alpha course, they've recently uh, confirmed their faith or been confirmed by the bishop, and you know they. So it's that similar sort of story yeah. where you you found a connection with the people who did the Alpha course yeah, with. Yeah, none of us were were baptized or confirmed. We thought we were, um, 
so so we just become friends and then we would go to worship and we were all on this journey together so for my wife who was a mature christian and actually moved from another town so for her it became a friendship group outside of church as well for me it was about going on this journey with people we were all at the same level we were all new christians none of us really knew an awful lot about faith so we we, we were journeying together which i think made it so much easier for me to remain in the church and to feel very much part of a community. So it's about being together in a community with, with outside of the Sunday service, in a sense, yeah, yeah. where you can actually ask those questions, you can discuss your faith. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't all join a home group, but one of the, the ladies that was on the course, her and her husband, had a pub. Oh, right. So we would, we would drive to the pub and we would often just have a a couple of drinks or a meal there with five or six of us from the Alpha and our partners so Ah. we become I suppose in some ways it was a home group or you know a cell group but we didn't see it as that we see it as an opportunity to come together and ask some questions and be accountable we picked up all of us picked up this thing that we need to be accountable to each other for our faith and, and for where we're going so accountability is huge in the fact that we can sit there and say actually I did have a row with Becky and it was something stupid and then and I need to say sorry. And they would say, but you know, what does it say in scripture about X, Y, Z? And we, and we would talk about it, and somebody would say, did you read this? You know, Steve said this to me, and I sort of said to him, you know, in, and, and so that's how we was doing it. And that wasn't, we didn't intentionally go and do that. It would come up in conversations. What you're describing there, actually, is what we're trying to begin to do in, in our parish in Yate, which is uh, the small missional communities. Brilliant. And that, that's essentially a one big strand of it, is to do about being with people who you, you connect with and you can be accountable to, yeah. uh, where you can kind of help each other on the Christian journey with your Christian life by actually having those sometimes tough but always helpful conversations where you encourage each other along. Yeah, you know? definitely. It's... It's like-minded people, I think, and that's not that has nothing to do with class. It really has nothing to do with class. I don't think I don't. You have yeah. to explain now. Ian, Ian has got a bald head. He's balder than me, right? I might put a picture of him up on there, and he's got a very long goatee beard. He looks a bit like a biker, but we're, I've been told he hasn't got a bike. So you're definitely not you're you're, you're definitely not a class-based person, no, are you? No, 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 not at all. But it, but it is being weird, and it's it's not about class. It's about like-minded people on this journey together and accepting each other for who we are. So within this group, we had the landlady mm. and her husband. They owned the pub. They weren't you know in the rented. They actually owned it. Uh, we had a guy that had been worked in telecommunications in Hong Kong and had moved back to the UK. He was a high you know, executive and he was in that group. Um, completely different backgrounds, all of us, um, but we were together. We were united in what we were doing and therefore felt very comfortable with each other. Yes, yeah, so it's so, the unity coming from that yeah, shared yeah. Like-minded purpose. people, we were like-minded in the fact that where we are on this journey, and to this day... We still keep in contact with each other. One, the one, the the couple that had the pub now live in Australia, but they come over last year. They come and stayed with us. Um, the guy that was in telecommunications, I see probably once a month, uh, and two or three of the others. Um, we we catch up. We do bump into each other. In fact, one of them, um, who was on the group, but she brought her friend to the group, 
mm. and stayed in the group. She was uh, brought up a Christian herself. Is actually preaching on Sunday at one of my churches because she's looking to go into ministry. So we've had this long conversation, and I'm now the minister, and I'm now, if you like, she, she was the one that has this secure faith and is now thinking about ordained ministry, and I'm the one that's taken her on that track. So it's, it's really quite nice. But her friend, Michelle, who was with us, um, has never made a commitment. She yeah. found it too much, and it wasn't working with her lifestyle, and she wasn't sure, so she didn't make any kind of commitment. Just to finish off, really, this is this is a bit of a weird thing, and I think I'll leave this bit in, is um, we were meant to be doing, this is how God's a very strange character sometimes, is me and Justin, who I do the podcast with, we've been trying to do a series on missional communities and all those sorts of things, and the, the one we would do, do to do today which I couldn't do because I've come on this course with you, is about uh, the importance of forming small groups which are accountable to each other. So that's a bit weird. It so thank you weird. thank yeah, you for that. Yeah. And I didn't have a clue about your story until we sat down and yeah. talked with each other. That's so true. that saved me a job. So me and Justin <laughs> don't have to sit down now and talk yeah. about what, that. What I would say, what I would say, even now as an ordained priest... Um, and a rector of, a, a, as you know, a complicated ecumenical parish, accountability is still at the heart of where I am in my faith. So I, can, I need to be accountable to somebody. And I have a group, there's three of us, um, three guys. We, we, they're nowhere near me, but we meet. We take time in our diaries. We meet three times a year and we share everything with each other because we are accountable and if for example I've had a, a rough time with my wife and I use that as a pure example we're okay but you know if yeah, something goes yeah. on then they will constantly be in contact with me through text or a phone call just saying how's it going um, you know you're an idiot you need to go and apologise to her it's absolutely everything I share and if I'm not prepared to share everything then be very very careful if you're getting yourself into an accountability group but, I think but my heart is be in one and be accountable to each other for your faith to start with. I think as well, like, uh, well, I'm a member of uh, a monastic order because I'm a, a companion of the resurrection and I'm accountable to my guardian. Uh, oh, there. Yeah, yeah, same yeah. thing. So uh, the joke he says with me is, he says, you have to have a, a rhythm of life, right? And uh, what we'll do is we'll chat about how your rhythm of life is going and then we can both say that we've both failed in our rhythms of life. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, we can support each other in our failure. Yeah. And break through. And I think, yeah, and I think it's not... The, the weird thing is about uh, accountability, it's actually about being loving and graceful and generous to each other, rather than actually... You never judge the other person. No, 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 it's not it's about not judging. About that. And it's not about disciplining. No, it's It's about it's not. challenging and saying to them, okay, you know, graciously... You need to say sorry, you know, you, you, because, you, of course, you're sharing. For me, I share the innermost stuff that's going on, my frustrations, um, and, they, and they might turn around and say, on one occasion they did, they said, you know, you, you've got a little bit OTT here. You need to go and rethink that because... But the interesting thing with it is when I go and see Father George, uh, I remember a long time ago now, about t- more, than, more than 12 years ago, I was in a really, really bad place in, in ministry and all these sorts of other things. It was 
things had, had gone quite bad, uh, and I, I pressed the panic button. Uh, the joke is, you know, break glass, go and see the monks. And I, I went to see, I went to see him, and he, he just turned on to me and he says, "You you know what you need to do here," and I was like. Well, he said, no, you, you do know. And I sat there and I was like, and he said, you know what you need to do. And then, so he didn't actually give me any direction. He just brought out of me well, exactly. what I already knew, you yeah. know. And I think that's what accountability is all about because each of us know well, uh, what, what's right, what's and, right what's wrong. and wrong. But we don't always want to admit it. And sometimes we need somebody that we can trust and very lovingly tell us actually you need to go and do it. Yeah, because and, you need, and it, and it's reassurance that you are being. And, and on the other way as well, I remember it was on the same occasion, and I went to see him, and I thought that uh, a lot of things were, were were all my fault, you know, and um, because I can be quite hard on myself sometimes. Uh, and he, he turned around, and he says, "You know, that's not your fault." Yeah. And I'm like, "But it must be." And he's like, "But you, you, you do know that," and and because we had that relationship, because. You can only do that when you know each other. Of course, of course. That's of course. the thing. You can't and do it with a stranger. No, you know? no, you can't. And that's why they can being accountable to each other, you know, with your faith, with the way you choose to live your life. Because of course faith isn't just about going to church, reading books and being nice to your neighbour. It's about living that life of being nice. And for some of us we have to work hard at that. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm in the car and somebody's just cut me up, I'm not the best person. No. Well, you know, but but yeah. that's what I'm saying. We're not. But actually, it's about getting beyond that and saying, Do you know what? This is issue, not mine. Accountability groups are absolutely the key for me to a, a happy and well. I'm going to say a happy life, but it's a happy and ordered life, certainly within my faith. I would say it's deeper than happiness. It's actually about being a blessed and joyful life. Okay. You can have that one. So you use language. Yeah, yeah. Language. It's a bit like I think it's it's that that deep rejoicing in yeah. in in being forgiven. Yeah. So finally, you said you went to uh, Bristol College, Trinity. Trinity Trinity College, Bristol. That's nowhere near it. as good as Murfield, though. Oh, it's <laughs> you're a proper it's fu- college. It's funny, I was never offered a place at Murfield. I can't think why. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, no, no. Trinity was absolutely fantastic. Loved my time there. George Gabor was the principal at the time. Uh, Emma Einstein, who's the principal there now, has just been made bishop, God bless her, what a beautiful lady. I'm excited for the church, but I'm excited for what's going on at Trinity as well. Brilliant. Thanks for talking to us today, Ian. Yes, and uh, that's that's really great. And I'll I'll, I'll forward this to you and, and we'll see how we go. So Let's pray for them. I mean, I'm up for that. I think pray for all of the communities. And, uh, you know, I really do wish you Godspeed in all that you do. It's exciting.